If I could turn back time. All right, we're going to start if this I podcast by saying we're not going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. Okay. Right, guys? We're I'm not going to no talk about it. Okay. We can it's talk about movie. it. It's a war movie. By the time yeah. this comes out, Infinity War will have been out for a week. And that's more than enough time. Yeah, the it- big red one? Hulkbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films podcast. Oh, My name is... What? 500 Greatest Films? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. I thought this was a 500 Days of Summer podcast. podcast. This is the 500 Days of Summer podcast what where we I discuss did? Mark Webb's masterpiece. Minute by about, minute. I would rather talk about that for three hours. <laughs> Let's oh. do it. Okay. John, this is only an hour long. Okay. I was sold a different bill of goods. Oh my God. No, we uh, didn't. We did We were like, what? Mo- I've never seen that movie before. This you is already me? off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We got it. We got it. Oh, brother. My name is Hector Navarro. <laughs> Across from me is Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. <laughs> and this. It's <laughs> so good. This has gotten real silly. Um, maybe now let's talk what, about war. Let's. Uh, we have a very special guest today, our good friend, uh, who is a, uh, what do you do, John? <laughs> What's uh, your job? Well, uh, What's your title? We shouldn't, special we investigator, should, but that's not we shouldn't what say this that. is about. It's not what this is about, no. but you're also it's an unrelated a job. film enthusiast, a film fan. I want to know how I know John is a film fan. Mm. Yeah. Next to him right now mm-hmm. is a case. For the Muppet movie on Blu-ray. Great film. But But inside is a DVD for Tomorrowland. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So Uh, I have a podcast. We can do that. Okay. That's media and Whoa. Is this a crossover up? (laughs) Crossover. Crossover. So our guest today is, get this, a male who is nerdy, Mm -hmm. who lives in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and has a podcast. You Mm -hmm. guys certainly have a type. (laughs) Uh, There's two of us. We do. We do. Uh, Mr. John Ranyotis. John. Oh, my God. Hi. Thank you so much for being our guest today, John. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I also appreciate it. You don't have to talk like that the whole time. We're done doing it. I'm not going to. We're doing the German accents, right? (laughs) You said yes. Okay, Okay, I did. Normally, the way this goes, and how this is going to go, is I'm going to begin sentences, and you guys are going to steamroll right over it, so it's going to be great. That's great. Any, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I'm yelling right now, but yeah, I'm redlining. Take red-lining. it easy. Dude, you're peeking. <laughs> I'm going to stay back here. Look, guys, I'm showing you the damn waveforms. Like, make an effort. It. I thought that okay. was a lie detector. <laughs> so normally, you I'll, not doing well. I'll yeah. ask a guest, like, I'll ask him, like, how, why did you pick this movie? I know why John Ranyotis picked this movie that we're talking about today. It's because he'd never seen it, and he didn't want to choose any of the other movies that I sent him, like, a sample of. You like, gave me a list. three movies, three I movies? think. Okay. Um, one of them was Wicker Man, and I was just like, I'm on board for Nicolas Cage, and you're just like, not that one. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck it. Okay, I'll do the other Have one you, that I Did you seen. listen to our episode with uh, Scott Rubin about the original Wicker Man? It's okay I if you can't, haven't. I've listened to a bunch of the episodes. Thanks. Have man. you seen the Nick Cage one? Uh, yes. Uh, I've seen that Insanity. Okay. And it was fucking crazy. I wonder if it's crazier than the original, though. Uh... Uh, it, you it, guys have seen It'll both. probably be No I've only seen the original No okay. Only seen the original What? Yeah Yeah we're purists <laughs> <laughs> Keller we uh, Two weeks yeah, ago Purists when it comes to movies That are based on Nicolas Cage movies Keller yes. really squinted his eyes When he said we're purists Like real yeah. snobby uh, John get I up Get see. up on your mic more okay. Or we're gonna turn you up Because okay. you keep, I'm not gonna you're yell. far away I'll try not to yell Man I love talking all this Shop talk <laughs> In the middle of the podcast People love it Have we started recording? Yes yeah. <laughs> We're in it and here is Thank you, professional producer that we have for turning it up. <laughs> uh, so, John picked this film. Before we get into talking about the movie, we're going to have Keller do his British guy voice. Oh, thank So, sort of set the stage. Remind us what number we are, because for, like, we've done uh, how many episodes now? We're almost at... No, we're like at 483. 20. Oh, my God. Yeah. 483 episodes so far? Yes. It has been ten years. When it's yeah. all done, been doing this. we will have done five hundred episodes of this thing. Yeah, God, I yeah. hope we all survive. Me too. I like that we keep speaking then. in the affirmative. Me too. Yeah. Affirmative. Mm-hmm. We will have done this. <laughs> Somebody's going to ha- finish it for Somebody's us. Somebody's got to exactly. stay positive. Mm-hmm. So Keller, hit us with that British guy voice talking about our entry today. This is. Uh, you have to read it. Oh, you got it. I know. I'm going to preface have, like, something. A cup of tea. I'm gonna, when you're doing this. I. Oh man, I forgot my tea. We do need this preface, actually. Go ahead, Okay. Um, The first movie that we had that actually had a little write-up other than the blurb was In the Company of Men at 493. Ten movies later, at the Big Red One. It's like they're doing it Which has a longer write-up 
than normal, but it's not that long. So I'm going to read an excerpt. <laughs> I think you, you dropped the T on that one. You 483. <laughs> the big red one. 1980. <laughs> Director Sam Fuller. Sam Fuller had brought leather-tough visions of war to the big screen before, but the big red one <laughs> is his hard-news masterpiece. Blaze blazed. <laughs> Based largely <laughs> on the former crime reporter's own experiences battling across North Africa and Europe during World War II, <laughs> and a project he'd held close to his heart for most of his filmmaking career. Beautiful. It's like I was and in foggy old London town. You said we that there, there that there's more of this blurb that we're going to discuss. You want to re- just read the rest of it regular, or what do we? What do I'm you just going to. It's going to be. You're just going to bring it fun up. Fun facts. Okay. Great. I want you to randomly stop the episode. Fun facts. I'm done with it. Let's get let's get into talking about this thing. First of all, okay. We did some research. Not too much because I didn't know. Never anything. seen this, anything about <laughs> yeah. the big red one. And All I, three of us went yeah. into this blind. I liked not knowing anything Just about like it. Just like that Jesus. Just like the <laughs> statue of the Jesus in the movie. There's a wooden statue of Jesus that opens on it, and he has his eyes gone. Mm-hmm. Or that's just how they carved it, maybe, to just make Jesus It's scary. I think it's because, eyes. honestly, I think it's because Jesus does not want to see the horrors of man. Yeah, you, oh could, you could say that. But I wonder... That was not thought out. Truthfully, I, I wonder, because I know that they shot the movie... I think they shot it in Israel, like in, on location, and they were like, you know, turning to locations to make them look like Northern Africa during World War II, and mm-hmm. it was done on a very low budget, and it made seven million dollars when it the movie came million, out. You said, right? two, I think two million. No, I wonder if that statue was already there and they found it, or if they like made it and brought it. You know, I'm always curious when 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 a movie has a two million dollar budget. I'm like, yeah, so how, how much? much is scout how location? much did they make? You know why I think they made that mm. because at the end it came in later. It, they came it came in later, and it was one of the arms was blown off. Like oh, was it the really? arms of the cross? Oh yeah, so they're not going to oh, mess okay, with it. Yeah. yeah, unless yeah. they bought unless it. Like, I don't know. No, fuck they, history, and they just blew it up. Yeah, they probably made it. They probably said fuck history and blew it up. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. If it was an actual historical landmark, I doubt a Nazi would have been hanging off of it. <laughs> <laughs> good call, actually. Good call. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I knew nothing about this movie other than like young Mark Hamill was in it, so yeah. I was excited about I that. Didn't even I knew that. that and Lee Marvin because yeah. there's a picture of both of them in this magazine. In the magazine. I didn't even recognize that as Mark Hamill, which is crazy. I, I, I knew the other yeah, guy. Yeah, he's got a weird little mustache thing. Yeah, but we were doing some research and we found out that the running time was like two hours, 46 minutes. And I Bad was going to drive off of something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting down, we rented off of Amazon, that's where we found it, and it was only an hour and 53, and I was like, oh, Kelly, we got the wrong version. Turns out it was 1980. So I was just like, we got to make sure to get whatever. Like, I go off of, let's talk about this philosophy for a second and how you guys feel about that. Director's cut, expanded, extended editions versus like the theatrical cut. I always go. For this, it's theatrical. The all, always theatrical. Yeah, I am. I, I'm glad we're on the same page about that, Keller. Sticking to theatrical for the purposes of this list, experiencing mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, film as mm-hmm. people did when it came out in 1980. Go ahead, John. For this list, uh, I would say that's fine. Mm-hmm. But Thank the, o- you. the only time that I've come into a conflict of a director's mm-hmm. cut being, fucking horrible mm-hmm. uh, was with Payback that Mel Gibson movie okay the theatrical release is actually pretty good um, yeah and you know the character's reasonably likable this Who was back when Mel it? Gibson was you know not hated I remember that it was like, it, a, it was like yeah. a little bit after Ransom and the Patriots people were like we love Mel yeah, yeah I remember that before all the racist stuff yeah. came out yeah um, but the director's cut was just like Let's make this character as shitty as possible yeah. and make him into like a real villain anti-hero. So they cleaned it up. Yeah. Uh, they made it into real Mel Gibson, uh, and then you end up hating him by the end of the movie. I do cool. think – I i don't love the original Blade Runner, and I know people probably listen to this are like, well, you got to go Blade Runner. But, but I do recognize that, that like Blade Runner, the final cut or whatever, you know, was the most recent version – I recognize that that's kind of the movie that's supposed to come before Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. That's the one that like Ridley and Scott no and everybody voiceover and no voiceover as no, you know, it doesn't have that voiceover. film noir voiceover. However, I feel like even in that instance, I think that when people, when people talk about like director's cut versus extended edition versus, because we were talking about big red one and it had like a, a four hour cut and a three hour cut that the back then the Ugh. studio rejected Thank God. In favor of, of having the director trim it down to, to put it in theaters. And it's like, 
I get that the case of this is that this is a movie that was personally significant to the director. He lived it. So this is a, this is a passion project for him. And apparently more of the footage was restored and it was, it premiered at Cannes like seven years after he died in like mm-hmm. 2004. Oh. So he had already been dead for seven years or something in 2004. It premiered at Cannes. is like, Cannes is like, oh, here's the two hour, 46 minute version of the big red one as a way to sort of honor, you know, what everybody and what, and what they did in the film. I get that. But I also think that those executives or whoever made that decision back in 1980, they made, they made a decision to be like, we're going to make a two, we're going to try to find a two hour version of this film. A two hour version of a war movie is hard. And yeah. given how much does happen in this movie. Correct. I think it could have done with another half hour just to, ex- I, I'm not saying like, <laughs> no, if it was I'm talking as far better. as story goes, yeah, if mm-hmm. uh, because another half hour of explaining anything or 15, just yeah. like, 15 minutes to give a little bit of room in any of those scenes. It, the movie wasn't yeah. that concerned with, like we were saying, it almost felt like vignettes. Yeah. To just like, look at these crazy stories that happened to this group of soldiers. Because it is following Sam yeah. Fuller, who was yeah. a real... And they're insane yeah. stories. Like, they deliver a baby in a tank. They, you know, and then they and get it, to the uh, end. Like you fuck, said, a bunch of stuff nuts. that's uh, <laughs> so crazy so, that they would have... they. It had to have been a real thing that yep. they experienced. Like yep. they had this pregnant woman in a tank in stirrups, in stirrups that were made bullet of stirrups. bullet. Yeah, uh, Ran, uh, I don't know terms. For uh, gun bandolier. Stuff. It's not. Even, I, don't know. I don't know. A, That's one what of those, Chewy has. <laughs> a string of bullets that goes mm-hmm. through a giant gun. Yeah. As you can tell, you we're know not. Words. We're not. Uh, we're all into war, right? Uh, uh, very knowledgeable. We of, love Call of Duty, bros. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Shoot him uh, up. But uh, but we but I was like happy to see that we did watch at least what came out in theaters in 1980 yeah. because I mean that's why whatever version that was is what's on the like that's what people picked to be mm-hmm. on this list because it made an impact and and like yeah, what you're so. saying with Blade Runner, yeah. The Blade Runner that came out whenever, what year did it come out? 1982, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one that changed science fiction. It yeah. did, and also... It's like, when, it's not the director's cut that right. completely and transformed yeah. when, things. When people try to p- place the blame on like producers that, oh, it's their fault that Blade Runner was shitty, it's not the director, Ridley Scott, I go, then fine. Then you should think that's a bad movie because of the producers. But people this is say not, it's it's not a. They what own I'm it saying as a great is, movie, right? But what I'm but if people are think that or later versions are better, I'm like fine. Then you should not be that much of a fan. If you really think that producers fucked it up that badly, then you should also not enjoy Blade Runner. And I don't care if you're not trying to blame Ridley Scott. I'm saying that you should blame the producers. Those producers should not have worked in Hollywood after that. You yeah, see what I'm saying? Fuck those it's, producers. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah. People don't make movies by themselves. It takes a team of people. And if somebody on that team messes up, then that person should be held accountable. You not you shouldn't show you shouldn't put all the blame on just the director or all the praise on just the director. Fantastic for it. It's everybody. <laughs> I mean, whoever made the call of hiring that writer director, whoever made the call, all those producers that were like, I know, let's do this kind of Fantastic Four for these reasons. It's like, you messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone botched it, but there's like a million people that tripped over their feet to have that terrible movie come out. Hey, I didn't rewatch Blade Runner or Fantastic Four before this episode. Should I? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pause. Okay. We're pausing now. I still haven't seen that Fantastic Four. No one has. And we're back. It's been four days. Yeah. John, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we had to I'm rewatch the Big that. Red One. We forgot yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man. We forgot it about so it. so painful. Um, we did so do the about three Blade Runner. This time. Um, <laughs> well, now we're talking about the Big Red One. John, give Wait, us what? your... <laughs> we watched <laughs> your... movies for no reason. We took a four-day break yeah. first. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, we had to reschedule twice. We saw Avengers three times in that time. Yeah. Chill out, yeah. dude. Yeah. Okay, so about Avengers. Oh, we have to mention this. We got to mention this. And you brought it up. You this is the, this is it's the been four days. I forgot. This is the first podcast since Avengers. Since Avengers: Infinity War has come out, and I don't know what year you're listening to it's this been right a now. Day twenty forty nine. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> right care. What, like yeah. in two thousand eighteen, right now, it's a big deal, and that's all I can think about, and that's all I want to talk I about. Do you think change this... his pants every fifteen minutes <laughs> for on. the last two Quick days? Question. Do you feel like it. this podcast is in a time? Like a time capsule? This may be a stupid yes. idea, but Keller and I are doing this for 10 years, and I think that if I ever have a kid, they're going to hear, I'll be like, if you want to listen to your dad as he ages from age 30 to 40, here you go. If I'm dead, maybe my son or daughter right now is an adult 
and listening to this and be like, this is your grandpa. This was, your, you know, in the middle of a ship while a storm's <laughs> happening and they're going to a deserted <laughs> island to avenge our death. <laughs> it might I, happen. I want to know that. Story. Also, you're living out the life of Hey Arnold. Uh, if you went to like some deserted mm-hmm. jungle to like mm-hmm. save yeah. some people, I'm yes. going to get struck by the sleep disease, which you, we had you on our podcast. For that, <laughs> Can you guys right? stop spoiling <laughs> Hey Arnold, hey the, Arnold movie? the movie? He the, dies. The jungle movie. The he jungle dies. movie. Come on. <laughs> I guys. have it on DVD, bro. Oh, I can't believe I missed Hey Arnold's Jungle Book. Yeah, <laughs> the worst color. I'll watch it. Okay, good. It's I've good. got love for it. Um, is that the new one that came out recently? Yeah, yeah. No, so Avengers uh, is the war movie we should be talking about today, but we're talking about the big red one, which yeah, we this movie felt like an Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want. We're gonna we're gonna go around the table. We're gonna get everybody's general thoughts, and also if you feel like it deserves to be on the list. No. And why you think it is on the list. John, overall thoughts, Big Red One. Uh, I feel like when this list came out, there were only 500 movies that existed. <laughs> and since then, yeah, they've really in, opened it up. Okay, there. I I need to go over the list that you have, because I feel like Ocean's Eleven should be so much higher. <laughs> well, Ocean's yeah. It's great. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can quote that entire movie. And fuck all this. Uh, although wow. Brick is way let's, high let's up on there, too. What do you got against Terry Benedict? Uh, okay, you're at the beginning of the movie. Uh, I'll give you what do you got against Terry Benedict? Benedict? He That's the question. my casinos. Muscle me out. out. Ah, fuck. Shit. It's been a while. I'm and be next honest. month, he's going to tear it down to make way for some, some gaudy monstrosity. <laughs> Get in the goddamn house. <laughs> if you're going up against Terry Benedict, you better goddamn know. Because he'll kill you, and then, then he'll, he'll get to he'll, yeah, then he'll go to work, work on, on you. you. Okay. Back in his Can old days, used to be again? simple. Yeah, we'll do that. You hit a guy. We did do it just the two of us. Where were you? <laughs> Where were you? John, the big red one. How'd you feel about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, from all of the comments I made during this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> to try and avoid having to sit there and watch it, um, <clears throat> I wasn't a fan of it. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't think either of you were real big fans of it, except for like the last scene, maybe. It, well, we'll get to we'll get to us. We'll, we'll get, get to, to us. I can appreciate. But, uh, listen, I'm just trying to analyze you both. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was tough. There was, I even said it during the movie. There was a line where, like, three of the guys were talking to like one of the new guys who barely had a name, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Who are you?" And it's just like, "We met three scenes ago." And it's just like, "I don't remember that." Oh wait, no, I do remember. You have a baby face and you didn't die. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, that's how I feel about this whole movie because I barely remember anything that happened before it and it sucked. <laughs> that's it? You're just going to say it sucked, John? It, it had some parts, maybe. Like, I would not put this in my top 500. Okay. So do you think it deserves to be on the list? No. Why do you think it's on the list? Mm, that last scene, probably. Not to mention Lee uh, Harvey Oswald or what's uh, <laughs> Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. Uh, yeah. Who had nothing uh, to do with it, as far as I know. <laughs> the guy who shot Kennedy. Uh, Man, um, Lee got Marvin, a lot of work before then. Lee Marvin and... Uh, Mark Hamill. I don't think Mark Hamill contributed anything, really, to this, except for when he became the Joker at the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure this, is, this leads into Batman and the Joker, and that's how he came Actually, about it. I mean, you made that joke. Yeah, you made the comment, but that's I, compelling. That probably that could Mark Hamill. How he got cast? Make a switch. Mark Hamill, like he taps into something when he plays a joke. He really does. Guys, Even though he's the joke not, is so comical. Let's not talk about. We'll get into that. Let's scene. not make that what we talk about when we talk about that scene first. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's true. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. In the concentration so camp. <laughs> Am I burying yeah. the lead? Yeah, <laughs> just going yeah, yeah, straight yeah. to the Joker. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to you guys. How do no, you guys I want feel you to, about? I want you to. I told you how I felt. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. I want you. I want you to expand on why I don't like it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'd said this in the beginning of the movie too, um, and Keller told us that it's a very old director. He was born in like nineteen. He's born in nineteen twelve. He did a lot of work in the fifties and sixties. Which in- I said this at the beginning. This felt very much like it was a movie made in the sixties. It really did. Even Mark the David first scene told us last week. He said, "This is one of those old guys that nobody knows who has a massive Can't body of work that library. influenced sure. everything." That somebody like Martin Scorsese would go to bat for and like, mm-hmm. defend and be like, yeah. "This guy was brilliant." Sure, but I mean, even that first scene, like it seemed like it was filmed in the fifties, fifties or sixties. Yes, because the first scene was in black and white. Yeah, it took and place it was during World War One. That was, definitely felt like Paths of Glory. It did. Uh, it did. But even watching that, I'm just like, how did they shoot this in the eighties? 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe this was like test footage for like something. That's he was probably <laughs> Sam Fuller's like, oh, I'll just get my camera. Out. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the usual camera I used to use. Yeah. Um, All of you go crank it. <laughs> Somebody get my walker. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it felt like very. And I mean, even you talked about this with the like soundtrack was very campy at parts that did not fit. And right. it felt like it was. was I will say the music was so good the last 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the rest of the movie were. <laughs> it was so wonky. It was all very, over the place. Very classic. And maybe we're just used to different sounding war movies. No, this I movie think you're swapped. used to. I think the problem is this director was too used to how they were made in the 60s. Probably. And didn't well, also age he like with it. True. But I think he was stuck in the It his was very much it in. Did that. Old school director making a movie in the 80s with 80s technology and whatnot but he did have lee marvin who's a classic yeah. movie yeah. actor so and it's a world war ii movie probably as old as he is too lee mm-hmm. marvin but i mean like even some of the shots in this too like the deaths when they're in the like insane asylum are just yeah. super close-ups where you don't even get see somebody like get shot you just see them spaz out and, and fall, fall to the ground yeah. and i wonder if that's a budgetary thing or that's just an old that school is a good those, point i feel like those thing. are old school filmmaking you, things because i be grew right. up watching like uh f troop and just all these mm-hmm. and i bet those TV movies shows. cost two million dollars <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah I mean, he probably shot it for very cheap. Uh, Given that it was, I'm impressed that this movie was two million, only no, two million dollars. Yeah, budget was two million. Oh, it was. Yeah, and it made seven million in theaters. Holy shit! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, no. Yeah, because it's all on location. They went to Israel, and it was all on a budget. And, and they had cameras from the 1960s. Exactly. Already. He just had them in his back pocket. Yeah, and film like that first scene. He didn't have to pay for anything. <laughs> it was filmed back in 1960, and he never got to use it in anything. It's like I'm gonna make a war movie. <laughs> so Keller, what are your overall thoughts? Um. I don't ever need to see this movie again. Right. Yeah. I don't hate this movie. Right. I like parts of this movie. I The way it's put together is very weird, how it just is jumping from event to event. Yes. But also, just like thinking about it, it's like maybe when he was in war, it just kind of felt like that. You were just going from place to place. An insane mm-hmm. thing was happening, and then insane thing was happening, and then insane and thing was happening. And you're not remembering people's names because yeah. they're going to die. Agreed. And just you're sure. constantly being traumatized. The most traumatic thing in your entire life is happening every other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every so, minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I do want to clarify, I don't hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of strong language for this. You did take it. So I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, no, you hit on the head. Like, it's, it's, I don't feel like it's anything special and I never need to see it again. And I, I instantly I don't for, even will say that already. it's not something special. I think it was special in 1980. Especially when you know that it was this guy's fucking life right. that he wrote and directed and put. So I keep separating that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That if, if we're looking at it, if that, if we're looking at that aspect of the film. Face value. Um, right. It's, it, it, it's put together weird, but also mm-hmm. it's put together. It's old school. Yeah. I think that, I think at face value, I think the film itself, we have kind of moved past it. Even in the genre of war films, and we were talking about this, Keller, like today or yesterday, we were saying like, if a if a war film is well made, it is very important to film, and it's 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 one of like the best things that a, f- a filmmaker can attempt and a film can attempt because, like, the horrors of war are things that everybody on Earth has known about and experienced and can experience and it's something that needs to be it's I'd like, say the story like, needed to be told right there are stories that need to be told but if a war film is bad like it's badly made like a, yeah it's, it's just kind of like even worse than if like a superhero movie is badly made because you're telling real stories like, I'm yeah. trouble with the Peter Berg movies like sure. Lone Survivor and Deepwater Horizon sure that just like Tor- like terrible these massive yeah yeah just no. like these it can be terrible can events be. anything with Marky Mark in and I guess it is super inspirational or, but, but then, you but see, it is just feels like just, a making money off of that's tragedy. what they're doing. Like, it's, like uh, Patriot Day coming out every time so I see soon after, like Pearl Harbor, you said Pearl Harbor, oh, Pearl Michael Harbor. Bay's Pearl Michael Harbor. Bay's every time right. I see, like I made a joke greatest. on Twitter, like last year mm-hmm. where it's just like something horrible happened. I'm just like, this is going to be a uh, right. Mark Wahlberg movie in Ugh. a year and a half. I hate that. And that's, yeah. and that's one of my, it's the same way I guessed. I'm just like, I can't wait to see the um, the uh, Mueller movie that's going to be starring Tom Hanks because it's going to happen. Tom Hanks, just yeah. is that who we want? Tom Hanks comes in and. <laughs> Guys, no, stop. Is that who we want? Yeah, I want Robert Mueller to be. No, I'd say Tom we Hanks. get Josh Brolin now. 
Oh yeah, Old, it's gonna be Let's get Lee Marvin. <laughs> he did George W. He did. He, he did, did do that. But even with like the movie W, yeah, w. starring Josh Brolin, though all of those movies and even war movies today, I think because I our, Oliver Stone is a little bit like JFK. He does a little bit kind of sensationalized yeah, he historical does. stuff. And that's yeah. frust- it's frustrating because all of that stuff in modern cinema that deals with war or politics, they're of course heavily politicized. And even like uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's movie about uh, American Sniper, people took huge issues with that because it's like – it, it's that's the one he did, right? The with what was fake it baby? That's yeah. Clint Eastwood, American Sniper. American Sniper, American yeah. Sniper mm-hmm. starring um, uh, the uh, fake baby uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. B Coops. People were frustrated with <laughs> it because yeah, starring a fake baby, <laughs> and that they I think they added like little CG movements to it. Maybe when it came out on video, the like face. I think I don't know. Whatever it was, the point is, is okay. I will never see that movie. The point so. is, is that they're I did, gonna. Re- I heard I they're gonna CG replace him with Thanos. No, with Rocket Raccoon. Oh, thank God, the American Sniper. They're gonna play off each other <laughs> no no i mean like he'll play off of rocket and you know it's bradley Cooper the american sniper will be rocket raccoon mm-hmm. that was the joke keller made <laughs> oh i thought you were putting him in the baby i did no. a great job oh, telling okay. it obviously yeah, yeah. Oh. very clear but even that movie, i'm not gonna see that movie people were frustrated <laughs> because of its of the way that it handled some sensitive material i yeah. will say this about the big red one it did not feel political in the sense of that there was a, it felt like it was a filmmaker's true experiences, and it was it was the experience. This of, wasn't saying anything about anything that was happening war. in 1980. It was yeah. more so commentary on war itself, correct? Because Versus, you have like yes. the two the two groups that are saying the same exact dialogue. Yes, and it's just true. like yeah, they had uh, they show a scene of the American troops like Mark Hamill and them having a conversation. And then cut to the German opposition saying the, same thing. Saying the Literal, exact same thing. Same dialogue. A German soldier saying, I don't want to murder anybody. We don't murder, we kill. Yeah. And that's what uh, um, Lee's character said, Lee Marvin's yeah. character and said. And then later because, on, yeah. like you see them like having all of these basically just fodder people that just show up. Yeah. And they're not even learning their names. They don't even care to know about them. Uh, until the scene when on D Day when they're on the beach and mm-hmm. it's just like and they're referring to them literally as numbers. Because they've like, numbers two and everybody but he keeps dying and they get to seven and it's Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, like six. Yeah. Died. Uh, yeah. Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess it's me. Uh, also like scaredy cat Mark Hamill. The entire movie was, I was not, you know, wholly on board with. I knew that it was going to pay off somehow. It he didn't get yeah. enough. Like yeah. there was, it was an ensemble thing. I bet in the four hour cut, everybody has moments and whatnot. Probably. But like, the thing I hated most about those moments, though, was just it was so obvious that it was just him standing there, just like looking at an open door while everyone else was looking at him. Just like, are you going to leave? Yeah. Like, do we have to shoot you now? Was it what bad part? that it bums what me part? out that they cut the it cave? so much? Yeah. Uh, the cave? What part? What part oh, the part uh, with the tanks when they got bombed. But the Navy saved us. What? You don't remember? The I don't scene? remember that part. Exactly. See, the narrator is like <laughs> the narrator is like we all thought he was going to run, but he didn't. Yeah, great. And he's like looking out the window. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the window, okay. the hole in the ground. Okay. Yeah, that whole thing okay. lasted like two minutes when it's just like, ugh, okay. Yeah, I don't it could have been like a stolen look. Is it bad that I'm a little bummed out that it got cut? You, you, you want like a longer version of it? Uh, I don't know if I want a longer version of it, but I feel bad for Sam Fuller that it got cut. Well, like this, he's again, like no, I classic think, old guard correct. Hollywood who put his fucking life story. On I think screen. I think because of that specific example, yes, you can feel bad for him, but I don't think that. Like he I think John that, Wayne to be in it originally. No, he said I, Marvin. I think he said he wasn't right for the part. They no, were looking at I John Wayne. The excerpt that I said. Yeah, according says, to Wikipedia, at one point John Wayne was going to be in it, but then he goes, "I don't think John Wayne's going to be right for this." Part. Legend has it mm-hmm. that one studio wanted Fuller to cast John Wayne uh-huh. as the growling endurant. Did you? Oh, just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, Fuller said, I'm not making this movie if John Wayne's in it. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been right for it. You you fried a circuit there. I think think you can feel bad for him, but uh, they did restore and made a two-hour, 46-minute version. Seven years after he died. Seven years after he died. So So it served no purpose. Mm -hmm. Fans of the film and fans of of these stories. Roger can go, yeah. Roger Ebert said he was one. Of I his do best. want to watch some of Sam Fuller's other movies now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to see the earlier ones though, where they were 
time period specific. Let me see. So, if, yeah, one that's supposed to one that is filmed in the sixties. That so that is it about feels the like 60s. The, yeah, yeah, I just. I don't know. Like, like I can appreciate if a movie does something like different and something revolutionary. Um, but like a movie that, you know, people like loved at the time, but honestly, I don't feel like it holds up except for like maybe the last scene, which is fairly I wish good. I knew anything about old movies, like how much, uh, like on film concentration camp stuff was there? Mm-hmm. Like, have they, do you think that they cut that? I don't know if they cut that. I bet they because they obviously cut some of it if there's here, two more hours here in this was, movie. Here was my thing I wanted to mention, that my overall thoughts are this. I can appreciate the film, especially for the time period that it was in, mm-hmm. but me, per- speaking from experience, a movie came out when I was 12 that kind of changed my view of war, which was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I don't think that movie will ever be replaced in my mind, in my heart, for like what, for how I feel about war, because it was so impactful mm-hmm. that... As as this, as soon as this movie started, I went, "Oh, this is not this is not going to be that." And this what is year was Ryan? Nineteen ninety eight. And where and is it on the list? Saving Private Ryan has a little list? bit of an homage to because if that's not on the list, that's bullshit. Saving Private yeah. Ryan definitely calls back to this movie in their Omaha yeah. beach scene, yeah. like with the water, absolutely shots of the water Even slowly the, getting redder. The bandolier, the goes. bandoliers too. Uh, it is, yeah, it is number. That's my. I'm just going to keep saying that yeah. over and over again. It is Bangalores. number one fifty six on the list. It's one five hundred greatest films of all okay. time. That feels like a good spot. Where is it? Hey, what year? One fifty six. What year was yeah. Munich? Uh, I think like two thousand seven. I want to say. Okay, this is it on the list? Right. Let me let me find I out. I don't think Munich's on the list. I then I will be. instantly replace it with this because I feel like that is a not on the list. That movie should okay. be on. Well, here. what movie made? It's the rule is what movie made since two thousand eight should be on the list. Uh, that was mean? before 2008 Right? Yeah, it, Munich I think was 07 I mean since or I mean 2008 When you replace a movie on the list Don't you oh, have to pick a, a movie one? that's a new one? Oh. You don't have to You can oh, okay. replace it with Munich That's right. fine But I mean Usually, that feels like a crime That like Because Munich I, Have you guys seen Munich recently? I haven't yet? I haven't seen it in I've never time. seen it That movie is fucking powerful as hell That's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite Spielberg movies uh, You know I've except seen, for like You know the classics All the fun ones Right Yeah, uh, yeah. Do, 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 The blockbusters yeah. Of his um, serious work I have like seen Serious movies Scenes of it And they're brilliant And And uh yeah, I, I, I really want to see that because just Sam and Private Ryan just wrecked me, man. Yeah. You know, and, and then even something like Schindler's List, Spielberg's Schindler's List, like these two films talked about war. They talked about the Holocaust in a way that the big red one doesn't. But again, mm-hmm. it's like, could it in 1980? I don't know. Were things cut that he shot more of? I don't know. If Sam yeah. Private Ryan came out today, would it work? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there might be. Would people been- not think it's too hokey? No, no, I don't think so. Well, you well, know what? People I mean, with the, that's the thing. I don't know if people are too cynical. I think maybe they might until it fucking cuts. Yeah. Like the opening yeah. old man. People might be like, what the hell? Come on. What when is we, this? When we get back to it and Matt Damon merges into him, it's it's kind of perfect. Like but it's it, it always gets me. The other thing that Saving Private Ryan sort of was a breakthrough in was it was like one of the most brutal yes. war movies Depictions. ever. This is what I'm, that's why I brought it up, point. John. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Because again, 100%. there's something about watching this movie that comes from the year 1980, but from a director of an earlier era where when guys get shot, ooh, and they well, lean no. over, it's like, yeah, I'm yeah, John said this is the least bloody war movie I've yeah. ever seen. There were no bullet holes in anybody except like unless they were on the ground and dead. Not mm-hmm. like an action. There were no squibs. Right. Like, no squibs. Everybody and fell like an old man who's just and then rolling roll on over. the couch. But then again, it was $2 million. Right. Yeah, and but that's Saving acting. Pri- what's the, what was the budget of Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> yeah. It was, I'm sure it was way more than $2 million. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. if you adjust for inflation from 1980 to 1998. So yes, Private Ryan has way more advantages than this passion project that Sam Fuller went yeah. and did You know, in Israel and shot it with this small crew. I get that, but it's just, it's tough to... The only things I would give this credit for are that it's based on a true story and the writer for that. And I thought it was very interesting um, that the prison guards at the end were all uh, Israelis. Yes. Uh, and Jewish had, actors and yeah. men that and it was just were the, like, the concentration camp guards. Yeah. yeah. And them using a like Israeli centric cast for that part for the mm-hmm. whole concentration uh, camp scene that I can respect. I can see that, but still like even at this point, we're talking about movies that have come out by this point. Mm-hmm. 
I love how emotionally like invested you get in Munich mm-hmm. because you see him. He's because he's an Israeli uh, Mossad agent who is sent out to kill the people who plan the Munich attacks, mm-hmm. and you see him just. You see them getting. You see other Israelis getting attacked in the meantime. Mm-hmm. You see him thinking about his like family and like wanting to like get revenge for all these people who because they keep flashing back to the murders in Munich. Yeah, and there's so much emotionally invested in that. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like looking at this movie. I'm just like the only scene where I felt anything emotionally and it was barely there was when the kid died at the end. And I want to thank you for bringing that up. I want to talk about those two scenes. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. That scene and the scene before it, the two scenes I want to talk about that I think are, yeah, I think basically in my opinion, the reason that people remember this movie from 1980 are the two scenes that the movie basically ends on. Because mm-hmm. up to that point, I want to talk about the f- the first hour and a half of the movie in a second. Okay. Cause yeah. I want to get into it, but yeah. those last two scenes, the first scene is Mark Hamill's character, Griff, who can't bring himself to kill anybody up until they go to a concentra- concentration camp. He sees the horror. And he's of, supposed to be the best shot. <sighs> yeah. And he's like missing and he can't, he's not firing. He sees the horror of the ovens that were being used to murder people. He opens the door and he sees bones skulls, and skulls in oh. ashes. And While he's looking for a German soldier who's that who hiding ran, inside yeah. of there. And when he opens the thing and the German soldier's in there, the German soldier tries to kill him, but like, yeah. like is, is out, gun is out of He's out of ammo. Yeah. And then Hamill unloads. Like he, just and like it's just, slowly and like keeps reloading. Shot. Yeah. Smiling, shot. Yep. smiling and shot. just like mm-hmm. giggling to himself, essentially. Mm-hmm. But like cha- his emotions change throughout that, though. Like mm-hmm. you can see it. Just like the sadness creep in, and then all of a sudden a little smile will come back, mm-hmm. yeah. and then Lee Marvin walks in, and then hands him because another clip and magazine. Like, I think you really got him. he hands him yeah. another clip, wow. and he says, the, "You got him." Yeah. yeah, and then he puts he reloads, and then he keeps shooting. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, because Lee Marvin's character, because the sergeant saw what he was going through. The sergeant heard the bullets, and it wasn't like your typical. Because they all, yeah, everybody, everything had done, everything was stopped, and it was just like that, like that, like that pace of boom. It was a steady shot Boom. over and over again. So that sequence was great. Mark Hamill did a great and job. And it cutting to people's faces while still hearing the shots, that was very good. Because they all yeah. knew what was yeah. happening. Also, the like when they kick open the doors to the like barracks where they find all of the Jews huddled. Yes. Like, and they, it was zooming like, into them. Yeah. That was great. That was great. And it it reminded me kind too of Too emotionally like, great, too, because it was... I, like, the people that they were just showing were just, like, eyes up close. It's just yes. like, we can't find anybody who looks emaciated. Exactly. So we're just going to have eyes it, in the dark. Is it a budget, or is it that they didn't want to push it too far? Because you, I couldn't help but think about movies like Schindler's it List. It probably both. Saving Private Ryan. Like, you've seen... Well, Schindler's yeah. List is oh, the greatest God. depiction of the Holocaust yeah. there is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's next level. It's, it's just... It's the most... Yeah. Heart wrenching. It's so difficult to even talk about. I, but but it wasn't even about that moment too. Right. So that's why they if they right, had that the it would have soldiers. taken away. You're not wrong. So, so then the second the, thing, the oven the was kid. where it was supposed to t- take everybody's breath away during that. Right. Like, Is that in the kid. Second yeah. scene, they find the kid. And the sergeant Lee Marvin finds, Lee Marvin finds this kid. The sergeant, he's not speaking. He's not eating. Well, Lee Marvin has left everybody else, right? And mm-hmm. he finds this kid alone mm-hmm. and takes his kid alone. Really skinny kid, you know, shaved head. Takes this kid, tries to like feed him water. He's playing little music for him, and, and sort nothing's of happening. Sort yeah. of catatonic. So he leaves, and the kid follows him. He says, "Come with me." And they sit and have like a little picnic as they're playing music. The kid puts on the helmet. He starts eating an apple. He's smiling. And then the sergeant, you know, taps his shoulders and the kid gets up on his shoulder. And as he's walking along the river, just the kid, the sound of the river and birds, kid just leans over and dies. And the narration from the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, he's going, you know, and then he walked, he walked for another half hour before he could bring himself to put him down. And Lee Marvin did an amazing job with his acting in that. He just like brought up his finger to feel the kid's pulse as he was slumped over and he knew he was dead and he kept walking. That's the scene that I think people remember to this day. If you've seen this movie once, it's almost, it's almost like you're gonna you're gonna remember that mm-hmm. moment because I'm sure it was a true story because again it feels it feels like most everything in this movie was a true story that that Sam Fuller was telling everybody so those were those two scenes John did you want to talk about those scenes at all honestly for that scene like I 
had more of an emotional reaction when he took the helmet away from the kid, mm-hmm. and the kid was just like, "Oh, war is, you know, interesting." Because yeah. you like, didn't you say life is beautiful? Didn't you mention that? Uh, Keller did, but yeah. we started talking about it a little bit. Yeah, um, but that I haven't movie, seen it yet. Oh, come on! I haven't seen it. Yet. Is that's that on the list? That's got to be on the list. Let me check. Ugh. But keep talking about life um, is beautiful for a second. But honestly, the kid's death, uh, it, like it was too weird for me. It didn't it's like, look why right. He, why did he die? Yeah. I mean, granted, uh, you know, the, the conditions inside of the camp, but like the timing of his death, uh, like getting on there. And plus he didn't even like have, like he could have like, I don't know. It was just like his, he, you didn't buy it. I no his eyes stayed like exactly the same when he just like laying down. I'm just like, is he trying to like look him in the eyes? And I'm like, Oh no, that kid's dead. There were no indications. Yeah. Uh, is it on the list? It's not. Life is beautiful. Bullshit. Is not on the list. That is for real. hundred like, percent bullshit. bullshit. Uh, that's for this and movie. Hey, hey guys, that take is it up, insane. Take it up with the editors of this magazine in the year 2008. Okay. okay I gotta I go need, back in time. I, I got my time. <laughs> there are like four other movies you guys have already done that should not be on anyone's 500 list. I know. Yeah. I know. Yes. Um, and even this film, to me, it wouldn't be in my top 500. Again, in my heart, it's, it, this is, this is the precursor to something like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And, even mentioned in the blurb one yeah. suspects also that steven spielberg took notes during the gut-wrenching omaha beach scene yeah because it's and i don't because know if it was gut-wrenching even that scene for spielberg's was gut-wrenching. well the, the element that was, was the element know, that was gut-wrenching to. was that the the numbers the guys kept going up the seven yeah. eight you know nine you know as they're counting up as these and like these guys literally this. watch their friends go and die and be like now i have to go yep. and die yeah no that was, it was stupid i was mad yeah that, that was affecting me but also but i they was got Listening to the shitty music that was being played at the same time, and I'm just like, tough. Oh, yeah, it was tough. so bouncy. Like yeah. at times, it's like, like dun, 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 the dun. tones kept changing. Like they kept doing like Great Escape, fun yeah. war movie it tone. It sounded and like then, a '60s TV show. Um, being yeah, serious. the A-team. It was, yeah, yeah. We, there were a lot of A-team jokes <laughs> that yeah, I was making during this. It's just like, ugh, Hannibal's and, back. He mm-hmm. got out of the hospital. And then there were fun, like you said, it sounded like. McHale's Navy or yeah. like Hogan's Heroes, like yeah. a funny, you know, take on because it was these almost like these little anecdotes in the film as the soldiers would come across, you know, these soldiers are playing dead and we're, oh, we're going to get them and boom, boom, boom. It's like yeah. an action movie. It's like there were parts to me that felt very Hollywood mm-hmm. and that's not a good thing. There are parts that felt very Hollywood because you have all these young actors and they have sweat all over them and they're like, do, you know, saying these lines like, oh, I'm going to do this when I get home and I'm going to do this. And it's just like, yeah. it's so kind of cheesy in it's a way. Like, what's the creepiest sex thing you want to do to a girl? <laughs> the like, tone yeah. changed. Ugh. too much. It did. It yeah. did. So now we can discuss the sort of hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half leading up to those last two scenes that I thought were excellent and really heart-wrenching. But I will it's stand tough. up for that. I'm sorry. But like there, those scenes where it's like you have some levity, like that, that No, I know more. you, yeah. I know yeah. you need yeah. that. Gallows but humor. Gallows you humor. can still, you can still keep the tone of a film True. consistent throughout. did it very well. Yes, exactly. It oh. Yes, it did. And I think the problem with this was he had this very serious movie that he wanted to do, but I feel like he'd been doing this for so long that he had, like, he fell back on crutches that he was Maybe. using throughout his career. Because how old was he? He had to be uh, He's in his He was born 60s? in 1912. So in his 60s. This is 19... 19- 80. 50. Yeah. If you just do some math, math I don't if we want to all do math. together. He was 68 do. when the film was released. 68. It was filmed in 78. Um, it yeah. was filmed in 78, so he was 65 when he filmed it. Now, that's not, you know. Pretty old. That's not, it's not old. But, I mean, he's got yeah. an extensive catalog of But stuff, for right? having, like, when he started making films right after, because in this mm-hmm. movie, his, the character who's supposed to represent him, mm-hmm. his mom writes him. He's like, my mom sold one of my uh, yeah. stories to be a yeah. movie in Hollywood. Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. yeah. Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. yeah. I uh, want to know if so that's true. I think maybe what happened is that, like you're saying, John, he'd been making movies for so long that from the era of filmmaking he came from and like excelled in, serious films were a certain way that yeah. he kind of brought that to 1978 when they were filming this thing. And it's like, you know what? Movies in the 70s, Things like The Godfather, you know, these kinds of movies changed how films for adults were being made. Yeah, 70s cinema is basically uh, silent movies, talkies, (laughs) difference. 
in yeah, the from, way that they're made. From before that to after that, absolutely, yeah. there was so much more realism mm-hmm. brought to filmmaking in that decade and beyond that it, it is tough to now watch something like this because it was like fun and jokey at times. And even the things yeah. that were supposed to be those kind of Saving Private Ryan moments of heart-wrenching, like, oh, that is brutal. It's, it's a lot of the time we're just a, like, what? On a te- wait, what on just a, happened before this? On a technical this? level, yeah. yeah, I would be like confused. I'm like, wait, the tank this, that rolled over these holes that these guys dug. You didn't know if the, they died or not. They, they were screaming. I'm like, they, did they crush them? What happened? And it was it was literally technically confusing sometimes, sometimes where we're like where characters were with, you know, the movement of a scene, how yeah. things were laid Because all out. of a sudden, everybody would be doing something and then be like, okay, you have to go over there. You have to go over there. You have to go over there. Yeah. Here's all of the army. Oh no, people are dying. Cut to what, what the hospital. Happened? What's happening? And yeah. then we had to look it up on the on, you know online that the, the, the reason that people were screaming as the tank rolled over is because they were so scared, but the tanks were so loud and this happened in real life that, that these men would be screaming there and that was their only time to let out this kind of fear. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fascinating. Wasn't clear to me that that's what happened no. in within the movie. I yeah. barely knew they were screaming yeah. except for the subtitles. I thought they were dying because yeah, they were yeah. We're I heard like, the screams oh, and I'm just like, oh, they didn't dig that deep enough. Yeah. But then they do end up saying it's like, and after that we went from twelve to four. Yeah, but they ran away at that. But we didn't. Okay, that whole thing was dumb. Right. It, but, it, even with yeah, but even with certain characters, yeah, they went from twelve to four. We didn't know about the four characters throughout the film. But like up to that point, it's, you know, and it's a balance because you don't want the movie to be too Hollywood and like make sure that in a Hollywood artificial way, you're learning about characters because these are just men that were there. He probably just saw people come and go, come and go. We also talked about this, too. I hated the I hated the narration that happened during it. Uh, it's just lazy filmmaking, but also I think it sort of saved us because we didn't filmmaking. know what the fuck we were doing through yeah. most of this. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah, no. yeah, because they would say, after this, after this point, we crossed the river and now we're in Belgium or whatever. I'm like, yeah. okay, great, now we're in Belgium. Like, or it just yeah. had Lee Marvin next to a, gi- a little obelisk that said Algiers. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, we're in Algiers now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it. Like honestly, the deaths were what I had the biggest problem yeah. with in this. Like They're especially the school deaths. Yeah, <laughs> but the scene like an old where, western. Yeah, mm-hmm. the scene where they send out that guy to like be a sniper like bait, mm-hmm. and like they start run, like they start getting shot at, and they start running through that like uh, alleyway. Al- alleyway. They just start laying down, and I'm just like, are they like trying to avoid? Are they getting into cover like behind mm-hmm. that wall, or are they just dead? Like that it was really confusing. took me out of Some it. Some of the scenes. Mm-hmm like actual battle scenes that I enjoyed the one where they're all in that cave and they're all yeah. coming in and they're just like hitting them and pulling them off. Yeah. Yeah. Getting them, pulling good. them off. That was really good. That was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other fights were, Oh, the, uh, insane asylum was good. That was also very good where mm-hmm. she's just dancing mm-hmm. around and slitting throats. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, uh, it's like resistance fighter. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, that was good. Uh, D day was okay. Uh, it's so tough because I'm sure I don't have, yeah. What are we going to do? I'm sure 1980, that scene was great. But again, yeah. I saw saving private Ryan when I was 12. I don't know what to tell you. Like, and I'm it sorry. Him up. Yeah. It, it did. Cause I still remember. I saw seven when I was a kid. I yeah, remember it, a guy <laughs> picking up his own arm. I'll never forget that. Yeah. And, and looking, looking around. around. Yeah. Looking, like, no, not what so to do. Scary. I remember when a guy got hit in his helmet. Was and he so took it off, took it off, took it lucky off to, shot, to look at it, like, head. and then get shot in the head. I'll never forget those things. Yeah. I might forget the the Omaha Beach scene, from but you the won't Big Red forget One. those last two. I've scenes. already exactly. forgotten it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. That's where I'm at. Is there anything else we need to talk about for the Big Red One? I, like like every movie on this list, mm-hmm. I am glad I saw it at least once. I yeah. get why people would put it on their list. I don't think even in 2008. It should have necessarily been on the list. I just think that people were respecting the film history. The they were respecting it, yeah. Sam Fuller. They were respecting his real story, and they did not. Forget. And I bet a lot of people who like actually love this movie. Mm-hmm. I bet people who like old school cinema sure. love this fucking movie. Because yeah. again, in 1980, this was probably one of the best, if not the best, iterations mm-hmm. interpretations of World War II. Yeah, I get it. I can I'm just 100 percent. Hear an old man being like, "Yeah, that's one of the best movies I ever saw." <laughs> Lee Marvin, and then I'd be like, uh, "That's great! I want to show you Saving Private Ryan." Yeah. Let's watch it. And he'd Listen, be like, "No, <laughs> I'm too much. I'm happy that I watched this movie." Yeah, 
with you guys. I'm I wouldn't have watched it otherwise. John brought, brought donuts. You uh, brought donuts. I was thinking about it during it. I'm just like, if I was watching this alone, I'd be fucking miserable. And just, I wouldn't. <laughs> it would be it, tough. I would be Jason Mantzoukas preparing for How Did This Get Made? Because <laughs> he watches them alone. He's just like, this is fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm just like, yeah, that's 100% true. They, they I don't do ever want to watch any of these alone, I yeah. don't think. No. no, there's some movies where you need to, like, mm-hmm. I've been, I was telling somebody that, about this the other day, like, and I started telling you guys about this um, when you were talking about Spider man mm-hmm. um like i can't like watch a movie from the 80s that's like a cult classic and appreciate it now because we missed it yeah we missed the time that's and there's absolutely some true. movies that you have to watch with like friends so you can like yeah. complain about it like i saw daddy's home and enjoyed it because i saw it with my buddy blake <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's the only way that i would enjoy time it. with people yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is yeah. also the magic of movies. <laughs> movies, and it's also especially true for the movie that we're talking about next week, oh, which God. is going to be the first Scream. It's so first much one. The first original, None of original the Scream. The others are on here. Don't worry. <laughs> Who got that one? Clark Wolf got that one. Fuck Clark. Wolf. Clark Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Wolf. She is amazing, and she's oh, she picked she? it. Yeah, she picked it okay. months ago. And Clark, she's like a massive horror fan, so it's going to okay, be really cool. fun because I know you don't love the movie. I don't. You don't love Scream. Mm-mm. I I enjoyed it. I can appreciate it. It's fine. But I think that we're a little bit past it. But it's going to be really interesting to talk to Clark about. Because she she zoned in on it. I, mm-hmm. I think I asked her in like January. Well, it came out in 96. Like yeah. that is, it's like the yeah. 90s in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. And Without being way. a teen uh, yeah. comedy. I still True. can't believe Life is Beautiful and Munich are not on this list. Hey, man. Make it's your just, own list. Ugh. Oh, my make God. I did. It's the same exact thing, but this movie's gone, and, <laughs> and my some list, of the others are My gone. list is just basically 10 movies from the MCU. That's my list right now. No. I'm right Iron Giant. High, brother. I'm right. <laughs> the, yeah. It'll, it'll be like... Iron Giant, and then pick nine. Yeah. And then, like, Ant-Man through Infinity War. Like, those are my... <laughs> That's my top ten list. Let's Iron really, Man's in your top. 10. Somebody asked me about that the other day. I'm just like, oh man, uh, Infinity War was great, and they're mm-hmm. just like, is your? I'm like, uh, it's definitely in my like top five. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked, uh, like, of all movies, I'm just like, no, of the MCU. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's tons of great movies. Yeah, there are. And I'm not gonna. I don't have a top. It's 10 gonna list. be nuts when it sweeps the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like they have been all these 18 years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just real quickly, John. Share your thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. No spoilers, because we're, we're let's be nice. Because by the time this comes out, the movie will have been out for a week. Mm-hmm. We'll be uh, we'll be. Like, it won't have been out. Yeah, one week. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait, no. No, it comes on weekend. Yeah, You're right. We're It'll, releasing this tomorrow, the day after yeah. <laughs> it's been out for the weekend. Yeah. Uh, well, it's appropriate that we're discussing the big red one because Mark Hamill makes a cameo in this movie <laughs> and he gets killed by Thanos uh, trying to save the world. He yeah. force ghosts himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That uh, was nuts. It was nuts. Thanos, yeah, when Luke Thanos, Skywalker showed up. Uh, Thanos Pat turns, Oswald was 100% right with his yeah. prediction. He turns to the audience. Yeah. Thanos drinks some blue milk. Yeah. And then Straight just says, from a teat. He says, Fuck Star Wars fans. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. And then Joker laughs and disappears. Yeah. Star uh, Wars fans. Uh, oh, it, man. It was incredible. Who is your favorite character? Don't tell us your favorite moment. We were talking about that during the movie yeah. and before, but who's it's your favorite just, character now? It has changed since Keller asked me at the beginning of <laughs> me getting here. Uh, no, Peter Parker. Yeah. Was, uh, he had That's the Hector's two. two, but who's fucking surprised? <laughs> he, had the, he had the two most, and I honestly like. Don't spoil anything. No, I'm Shut talking, the fuck up, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, <laughs> Thanks uh, for the donut. Well, I was talking to like uh, friends, uh, my roommate, about this mm-hmm. uh, yesterday because he had finally seen it, and I'm just like, um, I didn't get into Doctor Strange. I enjoyed fine, but like, I didn't like Doctor Strange sure. by the end of that movie. Like, I like about, him a lot more by the end of oh, this yeah. one. How about in Thor Ragnarok? Uh, I thought he was great in Thor Ragnarok. He was great, I think but he that was, was barely a throw there. Away. Yeah, that I don't was, think that even needed to be there. Except I loved it. Still, it I was thought very it was great. Funny. It added more to him, which I enjoyed. Was, I don't drink tea. He yeah. was so like uh, capable and like just in charge in just the scene in Thor Ragnarok that it yeah. kind of because I feel like his entire movie he's basically by the end of it he he's barely grown a lot. He, yeah, but by, yeah. by the end of it he barely knows what he's doing. But then you cut to Thor, it's like oh how much time has passed because this dude knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then in Infinity War, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange is he is the dope. master sorcerer. Uh, he 100%. is the sorcerer supreme. That's better. One hundred percent. And I did master love, of mysticism. I, a sorcerer was I sour really like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did really like Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, also. And Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, not but, like Spider-Man. Uh, no, not really. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, not really. Or, 
First one, yeah. Second one sucks. That was But like, I don't know. Like, it didn't stick with me for some reason. Spider Man Homecoming. That's yeah. Fine. Um, but now you like him. I re- because the stakes aren't as big as any of the others. Yeah, it, it felt so much different than everything else because mm-hmm. it was a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. But that should hit me more because I love John Hughes movies. You're and from I went, Chicago. What the fuck's your problem, dude? I live. I grew up in Shermer, Illinois, <laughs> and I went to Ferris Bueller's High School. Really? Yeah. Did you should have taken place in uh, Chicago, and you would have liked it more. But probably. Sorry, did you ever play hooky? New York? He's fuck Queens, New York. Dude. John. Oh my God. Did you ever have a day off? Did you ever play hooky? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, no. I was too. I was a good. You won the attendance award every year. Seeing the Beatles in a parade. But I watch that movie constantly. I'm just like, oh, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, like I loved Homecoming. I loved Peter Parker in Homecoming, and I loved him lifting up the fucking come on, Spider Man. Mm -hmm. Um, And just there were two emotional moments that I talked with with you guys uh, that just were my favorite parts in Infinity War, and they were both Peter Parker. Yeah. His Tom Holland is a fucking amazing actor. He's very good. And I would give him an Oscar for his performance on Lip Sync Battle. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw I that. I see it. I've heard it's amazing. Oh, we're watching it right after this because okay. uh, him doing Rihanna's Umbrella is mm-hmm. f- like... Was his- he going up against Zendaya? Guys, should we talk yeah, about I the French so. word for push? <laughs> yeah. Pussy? Is that like, what you're talking about? Pussy. Fr- Pussy. Pussy. Now we're talking about this movie again? Ugh. Sorry. So weird. That was so... Again, that was so... That was so odd. We had to look it up because we were like no we, way we thought they were fucking with us that is like, the real french word for push the woman that was giving birth was it, french that's so crazy can, that it had to have been yeah but yeah real oh yeah. we need the recording Can't so we can that. just say pussy and pussy oh yeah guys right everybody look up push translation go in to french, google translate and google translate and have look at how it's pronounced yeah but i mean that scene was so campy in and of itself right that like we thought like Oh, you're fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You fucking this old is, Like this the is gun, written. the bullet yeah. stirrups were already too much. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. This is insane. Also, that had to cut into her foot a lot because those are sharp bullets. <laughs> Maybe. Um, She's yeah. fine. They're actually pretty round. She's <laughs> probably more concerned with the human popping out of her Yeah, there's a human. Probably the whole human. More than, I bet oh, that hurts more. Oh, also the other human who's reaching to take it out yeah. with the condom fingers. What do you guys oh, know about God. childbirth? <laughs> Literally negative zero. How much time? you got (laughs) johnny you're so creepy keller you got to share with the audience who's your favorite character from infinity war my favorite character from infinity war is thor odinson (laughs) thor odinson his monologue in it was great yeah guys that was sorry for the spoiler that was my third favorite piece of acting in the entire movie hemsworth is the man he is um, Hector, what do you love about Spider-Man? Uh, I love Spidey. He's he's probably my favorite, and I know which moment, and I'll tell you guys after, but I also loved Gamora in this film. True. She was, she go, was right. She Zoe might be Saldana, the best performance in the yes. entire movie. Zoe Saldana, I think, is the best actress, and this is a movie that is stacked with great performances, but Zoe Saldana was incredible, and, I mean, she's the daughter of Thanos, but if you go back and you watch those first two Guardian movies, I feel like people like kind of sleep on Gamora because yeah. everybody loves Rocket and Groot, and Drax is so funny, and Star-Lord so funny. She is a fantastic character in both of those movies, and she serviced very well. That, like, I... I can watch those movies, and if I'm if I'm really feeling the sister it, stuff in the second one dude, is so good. It was one of my favorite parts. Of if that. I'm feeling it, I can be like, "Oh, Gamora is my favorite character of the Guardians." There, there are times I watch the Guardians. I'm like, "No, Gamora is my favorite." Other, I almost feel like there's the most depth to her. It's usually especially after this. It's usually Rocket and Drax. I love those two characters, but Gamora is a, a phenomenal I had, character. I had trouble with how she like what. No spoilers, John. No, for the first Guardians. Oh, we can just oh, spoil um, into this. Yeah. Um, how what? How, like, she was written of just, like, a lot of it was just, like, Quill just hitting on her. Sure. And, like, mm-hmm. the first half of that movie felt like it was just, like, what? Gamora's not adding anything to this, mm-hmm. like, dialogue-wise. And I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is kind of annoying. Um, which is, you know, all about the patriarchy. I don't think it's, I uh, think it's when I'm getting a text. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then so, get rid of your phone, dude. Oh, I'm going to uh, toss it out right now. Just got a text that the cake is ready. So I'm going to go pick it up. Hell yeah. As we are wrapped up. So, uh, guys, let's leave. <laughs> guys, to sorry. The fucking cake. Uh, we're, we right. actually, we're, we're kind of winding down. John. Um, I had 40 more things to say okay. about this movie. Um, everybody go see Avengers Infinity War. 
Hector, yes. what scene from Avengers Infinity War? Just kidding. We can't talk about it. I was going to say, would you insert into the big red one? <laughs> okay. What scene uh, from the big red one cut. would you insert into <laughs> Infinity War? I sort of want to see it cut together. <laughs> Just like scenes from Infinity War with like Well, I'm going to cut this into First Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, World man. War II. That'd be great. Um, no, be so the thing we're talking about next week is the movie Scream. I have to really... Ah! I have to really quickly. I got to look up to see where it's available. While you're looking that up, can I plug something? Please, oh, yeah, please, John. Uh, go ahead. My podcast TB Tunes is coming back for a new season. Uh, Hector's got an episode. Uh, Keller, you're on my second round of uh, emails that I'm sending out. Fucking uh, to come be. on. Um, but yeah, we uh, watch five episodes of uh, people's like favorite tunes from back in the like nineties. It's or, short for cartoons. Oh, uh, that's the industry term, mm-hmm. uh, tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my co-host David Kantrowitz, uh, we great talk, guy. Yeah, oh, so good. Great uh, art. A living cartoon, if you will. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, we uh, been, we watch five episodes of people's favorite cartoons that we bring on, and we talk about why they're their favorites. Uh, Hector's been on several episodes. I, did, I was. Yeah. Uh, he knows a lot about cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're relaunching our new season in about two weeks. So, awesome. Yeah. Check out that. This episode that we're doing right now is coming out Monday, so two weeks from then. We still have a bunch of older episodes, uh, but our new season's coming out uh, in two weeks. We have the catalog. We talked about, on my episode, I picked Justice League Unlimited. Which which was my first time watching. Did you go back and watch that Booster Gold episode? Uh, no, oh, John. I went to Chicago right after you that. did. Well, now you have time. Uh, now I have time. Have time. I will. Um, I'll watch your, it tonight. What's your favorite cartoon show of all time, Keller? I don't have one. Avatar? Probably Avatar: The Last Airbender. John, you want to come in? We've already Has done Avatar. Ever done but we'll talk. Okay, we can watch five more episodes. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm gonna pick five random episodes. <laughs> John, what's your favorite cartoon of all time? I have too many. I can't do pick it. Three. Pick three. Go. Uh, Batman: The Animated Series. One. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Two. And Samurai Jack. Three. Damn. Great. Yeah. yeah, Adventure Time be up there for me. I love Adventure Time. I didn't That's even great. see Samurai Jack until this show. Until really, until I started doing this Ooh. podcast, dude. Hector's I didn't see season. it until Hector. Had Actually, it. I didn't even watch all of it. It's I've only seen the first season <laughs> and the last season. It's yeah. oh, what? It's so it's good. Perfection. That last season is. I've yeah. rewatched it Amazing. twice since it came out. Oh, I want to? I, I need love to rewatch it. So it. Much. That music uh, didn't come out yet, did it? If I had to pick a favorite cartoon that you guys didn't already pick. No, you have to pick your favorite cartoon. Justice League Unlimited? Your favorite cartoon is Avatar The Last Airbender. That's up there. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what else I can. Yeah. (laughs) You shut up. You shut your mouth. (laughs) I also love The Simpsons, but now that's problematic. Oh, my God. I mean, it always Especially Matt Groening now saying bullshit. Is he really? Because he loves Nazis? Is that why? Oh, God. Because, look, Hank Azaria Like, Hank Azaria came out and that was good. Yeah. He said said But then Matt Groening came in came out after that saying bullshit dumb it's it's it's, it's like very, everybody's looking for a reason to be offended no or something it was Matt. a very donald trump move of him just like after he sends out a spokesman who was mm-hmm. just like this is what we feel and it's a reasonable idea mm-hmm. and then he, like immediately after on twitter it's just like i hate everybody yeah. and like, yeah. quit the show so frustrating simpsons yeah. needs to end you yeah. know, I'll yeah. agree. For, I haven't watched it since not, season ten. Unfortunately, this is now going to be. I can't a, say anything. A part of its legacy. I've I mean, seen it, any. it always was. A poo was always a part of their legacy. But we need a new Simpsons. The way that they. I mean, we've had different. I feel like if you it, honestly, the new. I'm Simpsons talking is, something that did with Simpsons. Did. Is Bob's Burgers is the new is the, yeah. is the because it has it's heart. The, it's woke Simpsons. It's woke Simpsons. Um, yeah. but uh, you know, man, the you never thought you would say woke the Simpsons. Sim- the Simpsons has had moments that are woke Simpsons. Don't get me wrong. You well, know, yeah. this, isn't, this isn't something that completely diminishes or invalidates other good things that the Simpsons did. Great. We were all raised done. on the Simpsons. Right. I, you know, I learned about comedy. I learned about pop culture through the Simpsons. I just don't get why they're doubling down on this. It's, it's I know really stupid. It's, it's for a lot of reasons, John. It's, Especially it's, since Hank Azaria, though, is like, Okay, yeah, it, okay, it, we cannot do this anymore. At first, then. it was defensive. At first, it was, you know, Understandable I, can't, I can't be in the documentary because I'll be... As far as a human being goes. Sure. It was, at first, it was all these different things, but probably because of the documentary, Hari Kondabali's documentary, everything that came out, like what he said on Colbert was the best thing he could say, where he's just like, I think that it, this, the problem will be solved in the writer's room. That was an important thing to, like, to recognize, is like, if we have South Asian and Indian American writers... Yeah. Then, then uh, you know, let's 
figure out what and we can do with like, the character. Not in a token way, but yes. actually work representation. to yes. have representation. Yes. And then the he said, I would be more than happy to step aside. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that so if that what needs to be done, he said, I'd be more than happy to sure. step aside. But he's also got like 30 other characters he can voice who aren't didn't even like stereotypes. What's his name? Hari Condobolo. Didn't he even say he like, he loves Apu? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's you got to watch the documentary. We grew I need up to. With well, I got to watch the Simpsons no, before I watch. I decided to watch it too. You still haven't seen it? It's on. Yeah. I sent out. I tweeted out the link. Netflix. It's, I, I've decided you should watch the documentary before we even watch the Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. And then you and I, because Keller, you've never seen the Simpsons. We talked about this before. I've but seen then a few episodes we'll, we'll during that out, massive marathon that happened. Like, one we'll just knock out the seasons episode, or seasons one through ten. God, That's all you season need. four. How good is season four? Right. Sure. I don't know. Right, like, I don't here. know what episode. Season four is a third one. Where all I know is that like one through ten was sure. like life defining. Yeah. Like I grew up with those. But they've had good stuff since then. But it's yeah. also been a lot of the times not great. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's it's what just can like stand uh, the test so, of time for that long. I know. Guys, Scream isn't streaming anywhere. It's uh, it's you available can rent to rent on Amazon. Thank you. You can't Keller. watch it for free. Thank Scream's you, a good movie. Though. Next week, our guest will be. The incredible Clark Wolf. She is uh, the White a, Wolf. She is um, an amazing. Uh, I think actually, I think her nickname. Oh, I see we did. <laughs> yeah. anyway, I think her nickname is that she has a group called the Wolf's Den. I think that's uh, just her house that, because she competes in like the Collider Schmodown. She competes competes in like the movie trivia things, and she oh, always okay. she she always crushes the horror category because she just knows her shit. So like, it's going to be great talking with her. She's a big time. Um, movie person we'll promote her podcast when we when when we uh, uh, t- uh like meet with her next week but i did an episode of her podcast and i picked the movie um snow white and the seven dwarfs and we oh. talked animation and so she you know and she's not super well versed in a lot of ways about animation it was so much fun to talk you like about animation I'm a I'm a fan. Well, okay. she she just asked me always to be on. with the animation. She as long just, as it's not comic, she didn't books, know. So, uh, she didn't God. know like I went to school for animation and all that fun stuff. But we're going to talk about that uh, maybe a little bit next week. But we're talking Scream, rented on Amazon. John, you plugged your podcast, mm-hmm. TV Tunes, coming soon Where in a couple they weeks. Follow you on Instagram and uh, the like at Nerdy Batman. Yep, imagine uh, Batman with glasses on. <laughs> I yeah no. After uh, <laughs> uh, my ex and I broke up like a decade ago, uh, <laughs> like I had created. Created a Twitter account just for our like uh, web comic that we were going to make called Nerdy Batman. No, no, oh. it was two of a kind, and I'm just like, fuck, I'm not going to keep this name. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what else do I love? Uh, Batman, and I'm nerdy, and, and nobody had it. Yeah, I love it. Early Twitter guys. That <laughs> was your. Is that your hashtag? Explain your Twitter handle. It was just yeah. like you, nobody had it. Pretty much. Go for it, Hector. I'm funny. No. <laughs> uh, my, I have my own internal was it a vision board. I have my own internalized racism. And prejudice that I assumed that it, my last name would be difficult for white people to remember and pronounce, and I didn't want to like burden them with that. So I was like, I'll make change it. it. Heck, you change funny. it. How <laughs> dare you assume that we can't handle Navarro? My, <laughs> your last name Mine is, is Keller Knobloch. Yeah, I know. I know. Mine took but, me five years to learn. <laughs> I still don't. Pronounce people it think right. I'm in a Swedish <laughs> metal band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, but that's that's my own thing. Listen, and, you got a garlic and, last name. It's great. That's a good point. There is a part of me that wishes that I just was just Hector Navarro from the from when I got like a Twitter account. But there's another part of me that's like. Maybe having Hector is funny did really help people to like remember and like I didn't know know that you were funny until I saw that. Neither did I. All right, Keller. All right, guys. (laughs) Like I met you the first time, I'm just like, I don't know about this guy. What is this guy's deal? And then you handed me a business card with your Twitter handle on it, and I was just like, I I knew it. What an asshole! I like this guy (laughs) for giving me this business (laughs) card. I'm funny. Yeah, I hate it. I I I really Keller. What's the origin behind yours? Um, I, I was born, and my mom was like, "What in this phone book do I like?" And so she picked Keller. And then she and gave you your first Twitter handle, too. Yep, Keller Knobloch. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's why it's tattooed on the small of your back. Yep, right there. Branding. Branding. Mm-hmm. I like that. I almost got a license plate with Nerdy Batman on I know, it. I remember when that happened. you talked me down from that. I did. Thank I was you. like, John, for the love of God, don't Thank do you. that. Thank you. Thank you so much. God. Oh, I'm not even on Twitter that much. Sexy Batman. That's Sexy what Batman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. John, thanks for coming. Thank you for the having show. me. Thank you for letting me borrow the movie Tomorrowland. Thank you for watching and giving it a shot. And the Muppet Movie Case. Thanks for watching this movie with us. Yes. This podcast. This is great. Like Go it. back and listen to the back catalog. It's great. Oh my it's god! Amazing. Thanks, Thanks, guys. John. Yeah, rate and subscribe. I legitimately do listen to you guys on a weekly basis. Thanks, man. Uh, for the right for the movies, I actually. Is, gonna, is okay. there anything That's you want to tell your future self? Is there anything that right now in your frame of mind you want to tell your future self? Yeah, in the time capsule <sighs> that is our podcast. Um, you know what we've done wrong. <laughs> okay, Hector, what do you have to say? Just try to uh, let it go. <laughs> uh, go console John. Get, give him a text. Thanks. And um, go see Infinity War, Hector. You're doing great. Okay. Oh, yeah. John, um, go see Infinity yeah. War again. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, Keller, you have to eat less cheese. <laughs> you have to. Keller, you just remind me of like a German tank operator, brother. I tell oh, my God. Right. Thank you so much. You're always eating uh, cheese, man. Uh, it just reminded me of a scene from uh, Parks Actually, I don't Rack. like that. Please don't say I'm a German tank operator ever again. <laughs> yeah. You remind me like of a Nazi the, who like drove a tank. Like in the movie. Did yeah, the he cheese? was not a good guy. <laughs> that cheese was horrible, too. That was a weird log of cheese, <laughs> the cheese wheel. It's like we use this cheesecloth. Oh, All right, man. guys. We will see you guys next week. Thanks you so much for listening. Well, goodbye. Bye. I love you. I won't see you. Aw. <laughs> <laughs>